Hello and welcome to another episode of DPC TLDR. And we're here with uh, a lot of updates, a lot of things, and uh, a lot of festive thoughts as well, as this is the final episode before Christmas. I am joined by Odie Pixel. How are you doing, Owen? I'm good. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Doing good too. Good. Effie, how are you doing? Almost time for Christmas break? Great. I'm doing wonderfully. I can't wait to see my dog. I'll believe it. And uh, Tigov here as well. You got any Christmas plans? I Don't have your microphone Didn't plug your mic in. <laughs> what you unfortunately didn't do. Well, is this it is amateur on? hour. Come on, is T. Is it on? Yeah, it's lit up. It's on. It's yeah. yeah. Oh, batteries, batteries are yeah. actually in. There you go. T, will you plan this Christmas? This doesn't work either, so I got nothing. <laughs> what? It does. It uh, does. I mean, oh, well. well that that does work. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh well, who cares? Um, we're chilling. Christmas plans. Um, away from my family for a second year. Yeah, because uh, of course your family is in the UK. Yeah. You live in Ukraine. Yeah, that's weird. I was going to go back, but you know, second round of COVID coming around, so mm. can't be traveling back home. And uh, yeah, I'll be just in little old Ukraine with my partner. So it's rather relaxing. But an intimate Christmas celebration. Yeah, probably going to go for a McDonald's and go shopping. <laughs> that won't happen, don't worry. We will cook proper food. That sounds so romantic, no, McDonald's to, and shopping. Oh my. To be fair though, last year it was pretty much like on Christmas Day, rather than cooking, we just went out and then we went shopping and we just did like a, a very non-Christmassy Christmas to get over the fact that I wasn't with the family. It was actually with McDonald's, no shout outs, but just, you know. I mean, that was for with lunch. With random fast food. That was like a snack during the oh, day. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you know, you have milkshakes sometimes. Sure. Yeah, the midnight milkshake, we had the same type of thing, but we will be doing probably the same again, just trying to, you know, for, you know, get over the fact that not with the family, but yeah, you know, sorry how to be down. How about you, Owen? Any Christmas plans? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Uh, that's your plan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any plans. I'll just follow you, I suppose. <laughs> See what we end up doing. Do you play Dota on Christmas? That's the real question. Like, so... I have done before. Yeah. yeah. Oh, again. When you're home, yeah. Yeah. why not? Exactly, yeah. It's yeah, after the family bit, you know, you've seen your family come and then you're like, well, I'm going to sneak upstairs for a bit. And you figure, you know, well, let's kill for a game of Dota. See yeah. who's on today. And there's, there's always people on. You know, that's the nice thing about Dota. It's you know, special, isn't it? Regardless yeah. of where you're at in your life, you can always yeah. click that fine match and uh, find yourself working together with four other human beings yeah. to beat five other human beings. Yeah, that's great. It's beautiful. So it's always, yeah. uh, always there for you. And... There's, of course, more reason to play this uh, Christmas break because of the Battle Pass. There's a lot of things that we need to do, Effie. All I want for Christmas oh. is to be able to buy Arcanas separately. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, that's a good wish to have. It's that been how many, how many Battle Passes has it been that it wasn't possible? Is it the second one or is it the third it one? It feels like two or three, for sure. Yeah. No, I think it's the second one. The first one was the Spectre Arcana in the Battle Pass. Spectre and Quop are the two heroes that have it locked, right? Yeah, oh, now, you're right. Oh, yeah, and we have Marana Drown now, right? Yeah. So maybe it's just two Battle Passes, two heroes per. Well, there's Windranger as well, right? And Invoker. Oh, that was rather comfortable. No, yeah, Invoker's the a Persona. Yeah, but the Persona was also <laughs> only available. Yeah, but that's not an Arcana. Yeah. Come on, like, we've got to stick to right, the question, though. Does the it have a trade language here. Like, does it still have the tra does it have a trade cooldown? So, like, the perception is you can't initially buy it, but maybe in like a year's time, will it be on the market? I oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. The Arcana from Battle Pass is not tradable. I know, like Io, for example, is not tradable, and that was also behind something. Wait, that is trade. No, it, it's, no, it's it was not. on a cooldown. It's like next year you can sell it. Oh really? Oh maybe but I don't know about the new one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But still, I agree, yeah. Maybe. Uh, all I know is I really like the Drow Arcana 
so much, but I haven't gotten it yet because it's kind of, you know, a commitment. A commit- it's, a, it's, it's expensive. <laughs> that is a lot. It is. What, what is If you want to straight up buy the Arcana right now. It's like hundreds. It's like, it, it legit is before. I think it's 150 euros right now. Yeah. Something like that. And of course, Arcanas before were like 20 and 30. So like I remember yeah. being given like the Legion Arcana for like my birthday, you know, my brother gifting it to me. That felt nice. I, I, but now on Arcana, you can't just give it to someone. You can't like go, ha, Merry Christmas, that festive thing that we're in currently. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, Please let me financially invest into your battle pass in the hope that you one day get to it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it does put a, a slightly sour note to it, but yeah. Again, well, they do still do the arcanas separately, right? The what, when was the ogre? Ogre was sold separately, right? The ogre magic arcana yep. was that many years ago. My time. That was separate. quite a while ago. When was the ogre? Grind levels, do no? I don't know what the max level you could. If you really played Dota a lot, hmm. you probably could get to like around two hundred. Wait, for this battle pass? Yeah. I, I think someone calculated it yeah. and that the, the amount of levels you can get without spending a dime other than the opening mm-hmm. battle pass is about level 120. So 120. So that still means you need to put in yeah, around 100. You can also get lucky with the battle, like yeah. the chests. Again, okay, it's still kind of behind does, a paywall, yeah. Does that get you the Marana? Mm. Yeah, Marana's yeah. around a level 100 something. Yeah. yeah. So it, it doesn't get you drow. The drow is level 330. Well, I guess yeah. I like the Something. fact that you can, without even spending any money, obtain an arcana, right? So it's yeah. like, you, if you just power level, do that. It's not an arcana, it's persona, please. No, Marana's a persona, Forgive me. come on. Forgive me. Persona, Forgive me. arcana, okay. they're different. I, take it back. I was trying to try and like be nice to both sides, you know, the mm. idea that you can still earn through it, but if it's a persona, then, oh well. I tried, Valve. Do we like Marana, the, the persona? I mean, persona's I like good. Persona. It's I don't like that it is a persona because yeah. I like the model a lot, but I mm. would prefer it if it was a normal remodel so I can also use my own items on that Marana so yeah. that could change with it. Because my like I, I have to choose. Do I want to have my Marana looking decent mm-hmm. or do I want to have all the particles? I feel the same way because I, I have this awesome Marana set, the, mm. the one where she's got the... The mask on, yeah. mm-hmm. the very anime-looking, you know, A and B Naruto yeah, mask. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, she's got that with her really mystical anime-looking mount, and that's my favorite set. And I'll never trade it for the world. Okay, and yeah. then you don't need a persona. I think you're from the way you describe <laughs> it. I think you're set for your Marana. Yeah. Uh, there's, of course, another way to uh, enjoy the battle pass. Two other ways, actually, because obviously you can get points, you get treasures and stuff. But I personally really like the cavern crawl. I will try to make sure that I get the support roll. Uh, but the faces void set is very cool as well. But there's also Ag Slab, Owen. Yeah, it's back. No, it's a good one. It's. Uh uh, I mean, I think, you know, people had seen in the sort of the, the leaks notes many months ago that there was another Ags Lab in the making. Yeah. I can't remember what it was aware of. You know, sometimes these people post online, like all these codes of like, oh, look, it says Ags Lab here. I don't know where they found it and stuff, but they were bang on because uh, it came out. And I wasn't surprised. I don't think anyone was because it was, you know, it was one of the best modes that Valve's recently done in the game. You know, Ags Lab last time round, huge success because um, it plays on sort of the... The whole sort of roguelike that uh, genre that's very very popular, mm-hmm. uh, even more so with this edition, with the whole sort of system of trading in something to get something else. You know, it's big in other big games. I think like Hades, of course, is the the big one that's uh, you know, massively popular. So you know, it's great to see. Very happy that it came back, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And it's a good challenge as well. It's not too easy. Obviously, it's getting to the point now. It's been out for what like a week. People are starting to find out the cheese and how to yeah, get through the stuff. Same. But last time around, and already, you know, they have shipped updates and patches for it. So I, I imagine Valve's going to be pretty hot on sort of you know patching that stuff out and keeping it fresh. 
I would hope for them. We're going to get maybe another bit of a, an Ags Lab patch before Christmas. Um, because, yeah, if it doesn't come sort of the start of this week, we're probably not going to get a, a tool, you'd be guessing, until like after Christmas. Um, but no, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's only had improvements really from the first time around, apart from the cheese. But there was cheese last time. So you just have to wait until they get patched out for it to, you know, to be, you know, you have to challenge it rather than looking to, to beat it in sort of artificial ways. So I just the cheese thing. The reason why I don't care about the cheese right now. Okay. There's not an official leaderboard in the game. Last sure. time oh, sure. it was yeah. like you have to obtain something. So everyone yeah. always saw meta as like this is gospel. But now like there's the unofficial leaderboards on you know strats where they have the, the oh is there yes yeah, so oh, if you go into cool. strats there's and got stuff you there. go to the ags lab it will show yeah. you the times of all the like the top records right okay so you can see every mode who's doing it quickest but like there's like 30 or so heroes in this mode you have to unlock some as well yep you make it fun through. With your friends going, don't pick Phoenix this time. Let's try and beat it again with, you know, let's yes. say a Wyvern. Yeah. So I think because of That's the true. fact that Valve didn't give an incentive to play it through earning a cosmetic being like the quickest in the world, I think that cheese, it, honestly, I don't mind it. You have to just find new stuff. So it's on yourself to make it more fun rather than... I mean, yeah. yeah. Do you think, because I was talking to Jenkins about this, because last time around in the Ags Lab, he, he went pretty hard on the leaderboards. Yeah. Yeah, he was getting himself up there with like the stacks, really going for it. And I think he said last time, the leaderboard function was not added at the release, right? So there's still a chance. Do you think that Valve will add leaderboards for this one? I think... Potentially, yeah. I think it depends on how many bugs it, are yeah. quickly found, right? Yeah. Like, if it's really buggy... They might be like, oh, let's not put a leaderboard on yeah. this. Yeah, because like, yeah. whenever you put a leaderboard or any type of metric or something... Yes, you've got to be on top of fixing the, yeah. the stuff. Yeah. And I think also you might make the, uh, the game a little bit more toxic, because right now, if you solo queue, unless you find the guy who AFKs, like, it isn't that bad. Like, you can enjoy it by solo queuing, but yeah, if you suddenly absolutely. put some, like, yeah. metric to it... I'm sure it'll well, get a little bit yeah, more Yeah, but style. yes and no, because those leaderboards... Uh, no, I mean, you don't do this. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but people weren't trying to go for the leaderboard scores queuing up I mean, in yeah, random games, were they? Warriors. You had to be very fast. <laughs> yeah, like, if you, you know, watching the replays of people doing, like, the leaderboard uh, runs of Ag's Lab, like, yeah. you know, you're not doing that in a, a, a random True. game. Like, it had to be random stacks. Yeah, so I don't know if that affected, like, the pub meta. I would love to Lab. see no leaderboards in game. But I would. I love the fact that it's the unofficial one because it just makes it more fun. You know, I I can queue you for can a see, game. Yeah. I'm not seeing an instant thing after the game, which is yeah. like you're not in the top 100 or something. It's like oh, I'm bad. You know, I, I like the fact. Yeah, that but it's they didn't. They didn't do that last time. It's like, very PMA. They just rewarded like the top 10. PMA. That's, That's what we have to promote to everyone. PMA, Owen. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot to look forward to uh, during the Christmas break. I know that all these uh, these guys will be uh, will be playing a lot of Ags Lab and uh, maybe some uh, Cavern Crawl as well. Effie is not about the Ags Lab, by the way. Only Dota for her, and that means that she's also done her homework regarding some <laughs> other regions where a lot of Dota was played, like the Chinese region. Now, if you missed it, the Chinese region of Dota has not started their Division 1 yet. They will start that after the New Year. Instead, they finished their Division 2 already. So we got a lot of information from that, Effie. Oh, yeah. Well, to sum it up very quickly, uh, Chinese Division 2 is very spicy because there was a five-way tie for first place um, up until the last day, and then the top two were finally cemented. And first place is actually Magma, which surprised a lot of people because these are tier two players, up and coming players with a couple of new pub stars coming in. No big names. Mm -hmm. And second place, Extreme Gaming, who everyone thought would get first place. But um Because the, those have the that team has the That team's got the big famous news. famous names. The big <laughs> yeah. names. So for those of you who are unaware, paparazzi 
kind of got stuck in Division Two China this year, and uh, he brought along with him the support duo of Vici, PYW, and DY, who I think are actually the best support duo in in general. Yeah. They're they're just my personal favorites. I think they're so consistent and they play so well together. So everyone thought to themselves, "Wow, this team." They're gonna pop off, but and they did pop off, but not as much as other people would have thought. So that's just the quick TLDR for China. You've got Magma in first place, and Extreme Gaming in second place, and yep. those are the teams to watch. Yep, and also means for the people that are very aware of what is happening in Division Two, uh, White Album, a player that of course played at TI. He did not make it out of Division 2. He's in Aster Ares, and mm -hmm. they will go again uh, next uh, tour around in Division 2, so you won't see him yet. And um, I think, I mean, that, it's crazy that they actually already finished their Division 2. I, I like their way of doing that. I know it wasn't intentional, but it's actually kind of refreshing to have them split up. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like it, because yeah. now you have the upper division teams, when they play in their three-week stint next in the new year, it's going to be... So if we lose, we're getting replaced by these guys, you know? I don't get replaced by this guy. So it kind of puts that kind of viewer thing. It's like, ooh, who are they going to replace? And I honestly, it, watching the Dodo as well, having more games within a small amount of time, you kind of feel the storylines a bit more. You kind of get more connected. Of course, it was Division 2 China, so maybe the mm -hmm. Western audience isn't so you know, attached to it so much. But if that was to happen, let's say, in Europe or something, the intensity, like watching Gorg the more times in three weeks, you know, some people might be happier. I don't know up to you whatever you like but i mean i'm down for a three-week split of upper and lower that yeah why not why not yeah, i personally enjoyed it i, yeah. I thought the five-way tie was so uh exciting because that's so unheard of and so unusual and it was like really up in the air whether or not would paparazzi make it out of division two which team was going to take first place and it suddenly got resolved you didn't have to wait four weeks to yeah, find out yeah. the answer. <laughs> <laughs> for all the paparazzi fans rest assured our boy yeah, uh, definitely a very spicy region, uh, China. There's another spicy region, Western Europe. And we started mm -hmm. uh, last week with the return of Miracle, Owen. We did. We did. We got to see, uh, I think it was it was the non-DPC match, right, where he had his first showing. Yes. Um, which was, uh, it was the win, right? It was against yeah, the, it Lions. Was the Lions. Yeah, That was the, the first series you come two back one. in. Two, yeah, cheeky little two, one. Yeah. yeah, they were getting things together. Um, then we saw him in the DPC game uh, that they played against. Was, who was on that first? OG. It was OG on that first one. Mm -hmm. It wasn't great. Was it right? That, that Suboptimal. Yeah. Suboptimal. Yeah, mm. it wasn't all together. And then um, obviously the, the, the one that uh, people will be having on their minds is the performance we saw the other day uh, where they turned up against uh, Secret. And, well, Miracle in particular, he had a, a very good time. Um, I think he, yeah, he only died the, the once in that series. I think it was... Uh, 8-1 and 18 in the first game on his Doom. And then the second game, he plays Medusa. You know, it's not quite as high on the kills and the assists, but he does the job. Um, so I think yeah, those two games, uh, that, yeah, that's what the Enigma fans have been looking towards and yeah. what they've sort of been hoping for with Miracle coming back and, mm. uh, and joining us the squad. And it was a big series to do it in against Team Secret. Um, you know, sure, some people may be saying, you know, secret, they just weren't playing as because they have done other days. Uh, but there's no doubt about it. Like, Nigma and Miracle in particular were playing really, really well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see if they're, they're able to do it again. You know, they've, they've had one good series. We know that they can come in and smash mm -hmm. the series. Can they keep it consistent? Because they need to uh, in the DPC with the, the, the amount of losses that they started off with. They really do. Uh, it's something traditional to... Uh Nigma Galaxy, before that Nigma, before that Team Liquid. 
lower bracket runs, you know, whenever they're with their backs against the wall, that's when they shine. We also hear uh, GH's opinion on that. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me and I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's hard, it's hard. Every time our backs are against the wall, it feels like uh, we have to pull some magic tricks out of a hat. I really don't like this part about uh, about competition, that uh, whenever our backs are against the wall, we have to do something extra. I like to have uh, some stable performances, but uh, we had a rough time so far, but uh, we're slowly getting back into the mood and hopefully we'll do good and even better. Yeah, and they did do well in uh, in that series. They did more than well. I felt like we saw a little bit of the Enigma Galaxy of old T. Um, I think the main thing is uh, it's the fact that we saw the shift of Miracle. The the shift of uh, mm -hmm. not the pucks and the storms. Pff, bye. It's now, you know, these Medusas and stuff on the mid lane. Give them the Doom as well. Like, give them a way to win the game. And then RTW, very talented player. You know, Misha, in an interview from OG, he said that he was with the best player on, Arti on Nygma. I agree. I think he is mechanically very gifted. Plays so many pubs. Let him play anything to unlock the rest of the team. You know. And now, if you continue giving Miracle the farming style of mids, which eventually will get punished, but in this honeymoon period, it is going to win you some DPC games. It is going to help out quite a lot. Honeymoon period? I mean... <laughs> they won one season. That's the honeymoon period. So that's like, Miracle goes back to like carry mid lane that's like the yeah, honeymoon no. you know like oh guys i can farm you know i understand what you're saying no playing yep. um having miracle be the position one made a huge difference for them but the question is is that something they're going to adopt for yep. the rest of the dpc or was mm -hmm. it a we need to win this series we're going to do something they don't expect so we don't drop down to division two True. and obviously they still have them um, their series against cool guys but that that should be i think they play alliance that's, and cool guys right yeah, yeah. cool guys should be a win so I will, I will tell you uh, that Alliance, uh, they also won their series last... Well, they won their series against Cool Guys, but then they lost their series against Tickle. So they're actually still a little bit uh, on the, the risky part of things. The series between Team Nygma Galaxy and Alliance, you can mark it in your calendar. It's January 5th. So that, uh, that will be a very exciting one. And it could be deciding whether there will be tiebreakers or just teams straight up getting, uh, getting eliminated out. Uh, we also saw, we only saw two O's, by the way, last mm -hmm. week. It was only two O's. And oh, and another one of those two O's was Team Liquid doing really well against Tundra. They're still on top, 4-0 for Liquid. They are, they are. I think, um, you know, a lot of people before the the season when you sort of look to the pickups they have you know with, with, with Zai and uh, Matumba Man you, you know you expect good things and I think the org does as well you bring these two players in you expect results and, and they're absolutely getting them so uh, I, I, I would be surprised if we really sort of see them stray from that top spot if they you know because you can only imagine that they're only going to really get better, you know, as, as they play more series. There's no reason mm -hmm. to believe you bring these two players in and things get worse over time. If you bring them in and this is sort of the, the results you're getting straight off the bat, then things are probably going to continue looking as good as they have been. Yeah, solid start. Yeah, I just think the environment that Liquid gives to the players is like, it's unmatched, right? I don't think there's any other org that has the facilities to unlock a player or players in general. And also kind of like the, the brotherly love, love vibe that they have. It's like if you're a, a top tier player and you get into this kind of friendship group, you're not having these fears of like, oh, am I going to get kicked tomorrow type of thing. It's like that. Obviously, it's liquid, right? But it, yeah. it feels so nice. And I think it's so hard for teams to replicate that. And then, of mm -hmm. course, liquid has done that as an org and within the support system as well. And it's not just the org. It mm -hmm. is the players as well. And we had an interview with Taiga after their victory against Team Nygma Galaxy. And Taiga was very open about how that went down.
I was definitely not certain that I was going to join OG or anything. It was even before TI even started, I mean. Um, we've been playing for so long, you know. We're still like good friends and we're close. And like after that devastating year that we didn't make TI and everyone's feeling down. We, I think everyone knew that we needed a change. So it was like, and you know, like, it's hard to uh, find a change, you know, because all five players are so close to each other. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So I just wanted to make sure, like, uh, if you need a change, like, I don't mind if it's me or blah, 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 like stuff like that. And I'm glad. I'm, I see it. I'm doing well. And I personally feel like I'm, I'm doing fine as well. So it's great from both sides. It is great from both sides, both OG and Team Liquid, of course, doing doing good. But that mentality, Effie, that basically saying, you know what, I don't want anybody getting kicked, so I'll take my leave. That is a nice individual. Right? <laughs> like, that is, that is a nice person. Um, just for a team to be able to foster that kind of atmosphere and for someone to like them enough to just even stuff out willingly uh, says a lot about Team Liquid and... The thing that he was talking about, about just how they unlock their players, so to speak, by just like camaraderie and like brotherhood and all of that. But um, out- outside of those obvious things, the thing that stands out to me the most about New Liquid is just how well they play from behind. Like they've <laughs> become, it's like the, they, they did win their series decisively, but it wasn't like, oh, they, they're a team that stomps from the beginning and takes the lead and just imposes it. No, they're a team that, even if they get stomped, they can like swing these 15k, 20k deficits. So I think that's really cool. And I would say that that's the impact of having a player like Zai on your team, actually. Because Zai is a player that can do so much with so little. And like obviously, if you've played on Secret for that long, you, you learn how to have, have high impact with very little oh, resources. Because yes. <laughs> everybody else on your team is taking them from you. But no, uh, Zai was able to single-handedly turn so many fights, even with these insane net worth deficits. And that playstyle is just working so everything feels like it fits like a glove right now for liquid yep it really does uh it does also mean that, that the middle pack of western europe is still incredibly spicy we have nothing set in stone yet so uh there are still two series tomorrow including team liquid versus team secret so that will be a hype one but of course after the the new year break we're still going to have a lot of matches to look forward to as well time to jump to a different region eastern europe has been pretty spicy as well because there was there was a lot of uh, roster changes other than Team Spirit after TI. Team Spirit is still doing well. They haven't lost a single series. The other rosters, they're all a little bit a little bit mixed. There is, uh, of course, there's still a Virtus Pro. But Virtus Pro yesterday lost a very important series to PogChamp. And PogChamp is actually doing really well. And there are five guys that are relatively unknown to Ah, yeah, good old PogChamp. You know, last season, they were the lads that were giving us the energy uh, on the panel because every time we interviewed them, they had this beaming smile, right? Yeah. Like they, they kind of are the same as what Spirit was at TI type of thing, right? And I think PogChamp, they made two changes, which was, unfortunately, again, I, I like Melez a lot, the offlane player who was very charismatic himself, but he got removed and then they brought in Youngji as well. So they made two changes, but they have just been, you know, playing with that confidence. And again, it's like the Eastern European teams, the ones that, before, there's always the old guard. They'd look at the region, they would control who's like the good teams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're now pretty... I was about to swear there. They're pretty bad now, to be honest. Let's be real, the old old lads. But these young guns have finally got a chance to actually kind of show off and do stuff. And they're doing amazingly. I think Puck Champ, they only lost a team spirit. So 
and, and Hellraiser as well, just to jump to them. Like, they're equally as young, random new snacker team. I think they're third. So top three teams in Eastern Europe now are Spirit and two Spirit-esque teams in mm. regards to what their rosters are. Yeah, and I think uh, Eastern Europe gets three slots to the major, right, Effie? Yeah, but uh, I just want to say that's the benefit of a team like Team Spirit winning TI. Just look at the impact it's already having on this DPC tour. You've got the teams of the newer, younger players who maybe didn't have the confidence before suddenly just play like they're on top of the world. And even the success of rosters like OG and just all of these young players, so good. Yeah, you can just attribute it to this spirit magic that they instilled in everybody in TI. And maybe before teams felt like they couldn't do that well or there's no way we compete with these veteran players or mm -hmm. no way an org even looks at us, that entire narrative has shifted completely after TI. So that's awesome. But yeah, three slots to the major from Eastern Europe. I mean, it's what you could ask for, right? We have three teams that we really want to see more of. So if we were only to see Spirit plus one in TI, that really could be a loss when we're talking about yeah. the potential of Puck Jumper. And we had, a, we had a top last season uh, that included VP and sometimes Navi, Owen. Both of those teams are not doing too well. And Gambit also kind of fallen off the radar there. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Gambit had big changes. Um, VP as well, but I think the thing with uh, VP, even if they're not doing good now, I feel like the team, like it's going to go somewhere, surely. We're just sort of the, the support that an organization like VP gives and the fact that you still have three of the same core from, from last season uh, in the lineup. Um, like, surely results are going to eventually come. They're not coming at the start. You know, sure, they're probably not going to be happy about that, but uh, if they stick with it, I'm sure they'll, they'll get to better places, VP. Uh, and Na'Vi, uh, I mean, again, you know, the fact that they have VTune and no one as, you know, the, the two cores, I think that's a great two cores to build around. Um, so, again, a little surprised things aren't working there, but, you know, Na'Vi, I mean, always has so many changes. Whilst I could see VP maybe sticking a bit more with their thing, I, you know, with the, the changes in the history that Na'Vi's had over, like, the recent seasons, I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly you start seeing players slipping and slip out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We're going to keep close eye, of course, on the Eastern European region. Uh, but not now. Now we're jumping to a different region altogether. We're going across the pond uh, to uh, North America because there was a lot of, uh, a lot of action in North America uh, this week, or last week rather, T, starting uh, last week Tuesday, mm -hmm, where yep. EG... I okay, no, no, it's fine. It's all Let's good. go for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, because well, I can, well, basically, we start with that thing or the basically thing? North America has been the same three teams on top for a long time. It was always EG, Quincy Crew, Undying. Yeah. Big line, then the rest. It's changing. Yeah, I think people are overselling it a little bit for the fact of, because uh, they're trying to like overhype a region a little bit. But I think just EG, obviously, normally used to be miles ahead of everyone else. And there used to be this big gap, but EG are. I mean, I say unfortunately, I'm not really an EG fan, but for the state of you know, EG, they're not doing so well, right? So I think they've just fallen into the, the pool of NA rather than NA going up to EG, I mm -hmm. think. Because like, when we watch the games, it still is a bit back and forth. We're not seeing like, that commanding, I'm going to become the next EG. I think Undying is clearly there. Quincy's still in that Quincy spot of being somewhat shaky. But EG is just looking right now so poorly, so bad, that again, they've fallen into NA. NA's not gone up. But yeah, it's... I think, but that's exactly what a region needs for if they have like these titans that have always stood far and above mm -hmm. 
the rest. To fall from grace for a little to bit. To fall from grace. Yep, that's, that's true. what would inspire the newer teams to be like, wait, we can actually win. We can be contenders for first place. Inspiration has fled through the region. It, that's it's true. Very, yeah, it's, it's really important because typically these teams would just think to themselves, oh, you know, let's shoot for a second because EG's there. Right? And that's not exactly the mentality that pushes teams to be the best. So even something like EG underperforming, that mm -hmm. can just make everybody else overperform as well. Suddenly these teams want to go out of their way to beat them, and they get so excited when they do. And, and I, I think NA is actually a pretty competitive region. Maybe not so much in terms of, okay, T was saying it's more about one team being shaky, but... If, if all the teams look like they could actually take series mm -hmm. off of each other, that, that leads to a very good performance. Yeah, like regionally, I will say they've improved within the region. I don't think we're seeing the international quality showing, where it's like if we watch, you know, the OGs or whatever right now, or maybe Chinese teams when they start playing, you can kind of feel in the backbone that they could be doing that at LAN. But I think at least the best thing from all of this with EG shaking up is Undying. I want to see Undying mm -hmm. at an international LAN that yeah. isn't TI. I think that is the big win for NA, and hopefully they can they can at least become that new consistency. Yep, uh, and this conversation is of course uh, brought forward by EG in the first series of last week. They lost to a team called Wildcard, uh, formerly known as D2 Hustlers. And after that victory, uh, Sammy Boy gave an interview where he was incredibly uh, over the moon. The no, shout out my team, man. My team has been working really hard. We've been. You know, like everyone doubted us, dude. Like everyone doubts us every fucking time. Like no one believes in us. We're a new team. No one has any idea what we're doing. No one even judges our gameplay. They just look at us and meme us and because we're new or whatever. Like, you know, watch our games. We're a good fucking team. My team owns. They try really hard. Like, yeah. Rep it, Sammy boy. I respect it. And congratulations on the 2-0 victory versus Evil Geniuses. And looking forward to maybe taking down Quincy Crew after that. You got the whole hit list of North America. Yes, sir. I'll be back after a 2-1 versus Quincy. So. Okay. Yeah. There Hell you yeah. go. All the right. Okay. Comes in again. Congratulations <laughs> to Wildcard Gaming for 2-0-ing the Evil Geniuses. Yeah, that was a bold interview, um, to say the least. I think what we said earlier about EG underperforming, and how it has that effect on other teams. My fear for the region is like exactly what we saw here. The overconfidence of beating a super underperforming team, that kind of like, it might overvalue what you're currently achieving. So my fear is like wildcard right now, they think, oh damn, we could be number one in any right now. It's like, they still have stepping stones to, to get onto to improve. My fear is like, if people just jump on that instantly and like, ah, oh, we beat them, woo, we're now number one, go NA. We're, you know, like they're going to maybe get relaxed or they're going to think that they're better than they maybe actually are in the grand scheme. Mm -hmm. So very confident interview, but mm -hmm. they then lost to Quincy Crew straight after, right? So yeah. maybe that confidence was their biggest But downfall. it was a 2-1, so, you know, it was half right. He did take a game off of Quincy. It half was, right, yeah. It was pretty close. It was, yeah, it was. Uh, I, Undying will be the test to me for that yeah. team, I think. Oh, and wait, we, they've already lost did, them. We did cut uh, quite a bit of that interview that maybe wasn't as PG. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's why. <laughs> so, with the, yeah. the, you know, when T reacted to the interview, he has seen the full thing. So. Yeah, it's just, okay, to be... Mm. It's just one of those things where, personally, I, I would rather see a, person, a player be like, overconfident when they like, actually achieve something. Winning a series in DPC is cool, but you're not at the major. Winning, you know, it's like, this is a stepping stone. You shouldn't be cheering halfway through a race. You're going to suddenly fall behind because you stopped running, you know? So right now, I feel like I, I just don't really, I see the passion, but it's like, it's just incorrectly used. Do you agree with that sentiment, Owen? 
Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it really matters. You know, yeah. I, I kind of like it when, you know, you get a character come on uh, like Sammy Boy obviously was and just be very out there and very like, you know, saying all this stuff. You know, I, th I think it's a bit of fun. So I didn't mind it. I mean... You know, it, it gives you. It gives. It certainly gave me a reason as a viewer. Well, because I, I, you know, I don't work NA. I'm, I'm watching it from home, and you know, with the way that NA has been going on, I'm more intrigued anyway to watch it because I'm like, oh, EG's not doing as you know. It's not just EG Quincy at the top and then everyone else. It, it's kind of this exciting region. So I'm checking in, and then you know, Sammy Boy comes on and says that thing about two one in Quincy. Suddenly, I I now care about the Quincy versus Wildcard series. I didn't, I didn't really care at all about it before, but now yeah, I've seen him come on and say that. I was actually, I cared about the result because I'm like, oh, let's see, was he right with his confidence or is he going to fall over on his face? And it, it, yeah, I don't mind. It. I think it's fun. I think it provokes sort of the viewer to care more about the games, whether it's good or bad. So I like to see it. Sure, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I understand um, passion and excitement and. The high that you're on after you beat a team like EG can like push you into mm -hmm. to just making these bold statements, and that's really it's really cool to see that and like new rivalries being introduced and all of that. And definitely, he did garner an audience and new fans. But I also think um, sportsmanship is really nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. so exactly. uh, so yeah, we can attribute that to just like overexcitement because it's mm -hmm. it's EG that you just beat, right? Yeah. But at at the same time, you you do have to be a little bit. Uh, more respectful of the other teams that you're playing against because they are also working just as hard and they are being respectful to you too, yep. right? So that that is something that I, I would like to see out of the NA region, just good sportsmanship. But I know that a lot of people are fans of this region because of how wild it gets, because of how these players flame each other. And yep. And, and EG was back uh, on top of the series, the second series that they had last week. They had a series against two-based. It was 2-0. And um, it was it was good to see EG do well, T. I mean, yeah, they they I'm not going to say that they're back in EG form, but they put two based to the side quite quickly. Yeah, continued their DPC days, you know, as they do. So maybe it's a good step in the right direction. And I just again, it's it's yeah, EG's hot and cold every other day. Yes, I guess you have to also factor in that they don't have everyone in the boot camp. Of course, mm -hmm. most NA teams aren't even at boot camps, but. The reason why EG might dominate is because they're often in that facility of five players, coach, management in one room, you know, styling on NA a little bit, but that's not happening. So it is cool to see that there is a bit of change, but it's tour two, tour three, I expect it to change up. Yeah. And last uh, Saturday, we also, as a winner's interview, we talked to Jarex and this interview is actually ra rather long, so we cut it short. But if you are a fan of EG or Jarex personally, I definitely recommend that you listen to the whole interview if you find it uh, on, uh, on the VOD, because it is a very, very good one. But here are some highlights. Uh, I don't think we thought too much about it being difficult. We kind of expected it. I mean, obviously, I come from not playing Dota for a while, so that takes some time. And I'm not going to say that I'm good at all in the for similar form that I've been in the past. And then, obviously, Igor coming to the team, uh, I would say he's bringing the CIS way of playing the Dota. So I would say there is uh, quite a lot of factors that are still need to be honed. Uh, and uh, I think we really just like we value time over anything right now and uh, we're not too even though our expectations are like uh, we try to keep it high we still like we understand that uh, this is the situation we're in and uh, that's that's all to it like we need some time that's yeah. all yeah 
Yeah. Very pleasant. A very pleasant individual. It's just nice, yeah, nice interview. Super nice inter- <laughs> uh, individual and interview as well. It's like actually worth listening to the the whole thing, which was probably about 10 minutes long, so wouldn't wouldn't have fit into into this podcast. But it's good to see uh, that they are aware things are difficult, Effie, mm-hmm. and that they are willing to give it time. Yeah, and uh, to have a two-time TI winner express <laughs> that kind of humili- humility yeah, is, true. is just a very nice thing for fans or you know people like me who, who do enjoy uh, like the human aspect of mm-hmm. Dota, not just watching your favorite teams duke it out. But yeah, so EG's roster, um, I think it did raise a lot of questions just because they brought in two new players who aren't even playing the roles. Mm-hmm. that they're good at or famous for. So them not performing uh, to their expectations makes a lot of sense. It, it's really different. Like It's risky and it's different to, to bring in these players. M- my issue is just time will tell if it's the correct decision or, decision or not because EG have always had this format where they prioritize individual skill above all other things, even if that means just yanking a carry player and throwing <laughs> him on the offlane which they have done before to to some results. So maybe they see something or understand something that we don't. It could be. Yeah, it could so be. I, I would like to be surprised by this roster, but... It'll be next tour. It will be next. <laughs> it will be also maybe the second half of of the tour they can uh, get some of that old flair back because yeah. that la- series last Saturday was, I believe, their last series before the Christmas break. Uh, there's also been a lot of games in South America where the top dogs, if you just look at the standings, still appear to be Beast Ghost and Thunder Predator, Owen. It doesn't look to be that many differences from what we were expecting. No, no, at least not at the top. Um, and not surprised, really. I mean, we've seen you know the, these sort of players turn up and uh, perform at land. So when it comes back down to the region, uh, I think, yeah, you know, especially when it comes to, to Beast Coast, this team's always going to be in the top two and they're, they're always going to be making it to the majors and, and having a good shot of uh, shot of getting pretty deep in them as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's mm-hmm. really too surprising, especially in Beast Coast's uh, area. Yeah, Thunder Predator, biggest surprise for sure because they completely reset their yeah. roster and... Mm-hmm first place and it's just showing that you, you can take these leaps of faith in new players or just kind of creating a team and mm-hmm. it, it does work out and they've shown us that so yeah definitely surprised by thunder predators performance pleasantly so but i, I do think beast coast will end up first place Fair i mean I, I used to work with the brazilians it was 2019 <laughs> ever since then i don't think brazil has had too much of a showing unfortunately in the the main part of the, the seasons, it's been very much uh, they qualify in the the after qualifiers or the, the wild card slot. So I think uh, now I'm just looking forward to maybe seeing you know the no ping or the SGs, even the the Apu King of Kings that type of team them stand up a little bit. They're middle pack right now. Yeah, uh, I but yeah. they they ha- so their their score is actually quite good because they're three and one and the only one they lost to was Beast Ghost. So the yeah, the Apu King good. of Kings. I mean that's a name. That's a lot of lot it's of words. It's a good name. But I, yeah, I just. <laughs> It's been a couple of years of just Peru somewhat dominating mm-hmm. uh, South America. And I think I'm always a fan of, you know, Brazilian Dota because of working with Tavo, King of DHFN. So I kind of just wish for the region at some point, maybe the, the two top lads, they can ooh, fall, pull an EG, falter for a second, let someone else show up. But nah, it's, it's pretty cool just because I think SA always mm-hmm. has that flair when they get out of their region and get to an international land. It's like yeah. they're the one region where you just, you never know how quickly they're going to beat you or if it's going to, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know. It's really cool Dota. I'm just glad personally that Beast Coast decided to stay together because their roster was promising. They did kind of have that interesting game <laughs> at TI, but 
it, I actually got to talk to Chris Luck after they got eliminated, and he was all smiles. And um, there was someone there also who kept trying to plant seeds in his head. And it was more so, aren't you mad at this player? Aren't you mad at that player? You played so well. And he was just smiling. He was like, no. I love the political <laughs> someone. I think you know, you, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember now. It's like, oh, you know that person? <laughs> Damn. And they're like, wait, what? But you have a place at mine. And then it's like this yeah. contract, you know, we, we're a private chef, a smoothie maker, yeah. and uh, 10 Gs per month. It's like, okay, I'll come. You know, like, yeah, it's kind of hard for roster shuffles. No Definitely. TI party. I mean, the roster shuffles were, uh, were kind of crazy. Uh, one of the uh, more crazy roster shuffles, uh, as we uh, jump to the next region, is that Fly uh, went to Southeast Asia. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that, Effie. Yeah, that was pretty random. So I wonder if it was kind of a last-minute pickup kind of thing, where maybe he didn't hear mm. in time from his team. I don't, I don't want to speculate too much, but it does seem like... Mm he wasn't a free agent for a long enough period to get poached by a D Division 1 team. That's just yeah. my assumption. I could be wrong. But yeah, Fly in, in Division 2 SCA, very interesting. He's on a team, uh, Talent Esports, yeah. yep. for those who are unaware. And unfortunately, they are not doing so hot right Yeah, now. they are not looking like they will make Division 1 next tour yeah. at the moment. To add context, they're the team that had to go through open qualifiers yeah. because it's a brand new team. They lost the first qualifier. Then they qualify through the second one, obviously being the easier qualifier because the good teams have already gone through. And so far, they've only lost to the top two teams. So they've okay. lost to Polaris and Nigma Galaxy SEA, not to be confused with Nigma Galaxy in EU. Um, but yeah, so it, they are one and two, but because they're the open qualifier team, they were seeded eighth. So they've played against seed one and two, lost both times. So as a new team coming in, you might argue that they, if they played up against maybe seed four, seed three, with their experience, they might be good enough, but instantly going up against the best teams, losing. Now, I think for this type of team, they won't be disheartened. They'll just survive this season. And next tour, sorry, the yeah. second one, that's when we can re really kind of critique the team because mm -hmm. it's like they've had time to really mellow out and they're not playing against yeah. the top team straight away. And it should be noted that um, all of their all of their series went to three games. So they've yep. actually played nine total games. So yep. that does say a lot that they took the best two teams in that division and yep. took them to three. So. Now, if we jump to Division 1 for, uh, for SEA, um, we, have a, we have one team doing really well in Boom Esports. And I think some people might remember that Boom actually got promoted to Division 1 right before the season started, Owen. And, and are you surprised that they're doing this well? Because, I mean, this was a scary team to begin with, with 4-0. and Yeah, I mean, in, in, in SEA as a region as well, there's a scary region, or at least it has been in previous seasons. So starting off like that, you you got to be feeling pretty good. Of course, things can change. You know, there's still games to be played, but uh, obviously if you've seen any of the plays so far, there's no reason to believe that... Uh, that that they're, they're, they, you know, they're going to have a drastic sort of change in direction in their, their final few games in the season. Mm -hmm. This was just a fun thing, right? Because Boom originally being lower division before, of course, mm -hmm. the Omega Esports drama. Mm -hmm. So, like, I just on Twitter, the, the owner of Boom as well was like, <laughs> lower division is basically the upper division of SEA because all the owners of the teams were like laughing about it and how that's like the thing. They get thrown into upper because, you know, Omega gets kicked out and then yeah. suddenly, it, it, like, <laughs> it's the first time that I think I've seen the confidence of a team really shine instantly, where it's like, you know, we are really good, bam, they're now 4-0, they're looking up top, and yeah, it's pretty cool stuff, and there's also some other teams that haven't really performed that well in the region. Yeah, you want to <laughs> mention TNC? Uh, yeah, so we're going to go with uh, TNC, um, <laughs> but we've already praised 
young gun teams doing well. Yes. Eastern Europe, Hellraisers. Um, you've got the you know, Puck Champ. These are teams that have instilled the idea of get young lads with an idea, put them together, give them the, the structure, go play. TNC tried doing that themselves. You know, they've got, you know, Febby as captain. They threw in some, you know, some stars around who have, you know, skid around some of these tier two teams or pub players. But it hasn't stuck. You know, they're now not in four. They're probably going to be going to the second division. Mm. But again, it's one of those things where if they're doing well, we'd be praising them on, wow, thanks for trusting young lads. So it is just one of those things where it didn't stick. They gave it a go. Maybe TNC next season just goes, opens up the bank account, looks at the free agents, you know, mm-hmm. picks up this guy, that guy, this guy. But yeah. They might have to because they have not been looking good. It's they, shaky. Yeah. They haven't had a decent showing. They've not won a game. Either. Yeah, no, it's, it's been very bad. They, they need mm-hmm. to win a game. It would be nice for them to win a game. Yeah. But yeah, it's the flip side of what we talked about. We were praising Thunder Predator for just picking up, fully resetting their roster. And TNC did the same thing. And it just didn't work for them. So it really is just a matter of like taking that leap of faith and having it work or not. Yep. And of course, the team that uh, did not change uh, a, a player after TI is T1. They're doing quite good as well, Owen, but unfortunately they couldn't they couldn't play one of their games. So they're only stuck at 2-0. Sad. Axe Labyrinth for really strike yeah. at the end. Yeah. Battle Pass, <laughs> ruining game. For them. I mean, they get to wait a bit into their next one. I'm sure they don't really mind too much. No, yeah. T1, I think they... There's every reason to believe that they're going to have some pretty comfortable victories, I think, in the region. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I sort of saw them going further uh, in TI and such. You know, after what we'd seen from them in the run-up to it, this yeah. team is a really, really good team. Um, so, uh, whilst we're seeing great stuff from Boom so far, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see T1 uh, end up in the top spot still. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument that this could have helped them in a way where they just have more time to prepare for the rest of their matches. That's true. But at the same time, you already have plenty of time yeah. to prepare the way the format of the DPC. You've got a whole is. week, yeah. It's quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's not... A lot of fans were disappointed. I wanted to see um, how they were looking completely so I could get an evaluation of who mm-hmm. are the best teams right now. But we've seen Boom play far more often than we've seen T1. But I do expect first place from them. It would yeah. be very disappointing if they didn't. Probably for themselves uh, as well, high expectations. And it's just nice for T1. I think they're a team that's also captured the Western audience a little bit as well. So even though they're not, you know, 4-0 right now or whatever, I think most people in their hearts know that this team probably will be up top. If Boom is to, you know, take them down and dethrone them, mm-hmm. again, Boom has names that the Western audience has attracted. So for for us, it's kind of fun to see people that, or players that we've already kind of understood their stories a bit more. Because again, as a region, it's it used to be so volatile. Like, who's going to be qualifying? It's hard to follow everyone's story. But it, I think it's nice having you know T1 being a staple that fans can then attach their oh wow, I like this team in SEA, and then we have more respect going towards the region, and mm-hmm. it just helps the region in general. Because before it was just so up and down. Yeah. People could make excuses. Ah, oh, sorry, I don't know. We used to have a staple. It used to be Fnatic, but they're two and two right now. Yeah. Think. Why are they not doing so well? I mean, that's not too bad, is it? I guess it's not. It's not four and zero oh, though. <laughs> Effie, is it? It's not four and zero. Oh. It's two L's. Com- compared to some of the the performances we've seen from sure. other teams, yeah, yeah, we just need um, more of a sample size, right? To see mm-hmm. how well they've done against other teams. But I think it's just that Boom did surprisingly well that it caught so many teams off guard. That had to be it. Yeah, that could that could definitely mm-hmm. be it. Yeah, but I haven't like paid enough attention to yeah, the way Fnatic exactly. have been playing to actually pinpoint this is where it went wrong probably mm-hmm. or this is what's going wrong. I just 
get a couple of clips here and there and hear about Pilot, the Ooh, well, ravage, woo, Russian, <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, I th- we went through all the regions and uh, we talked about Battle Pass and, of course, we talked about the Christmas break upcoming. There's going to be, what is it, a week and a half break? It's like 10 days, 11 days, <laughs> just enough to... Lose about a thousand MMR or gain a thousand MMR, depending on how good you are. I was going to say, all those people coming no, back from the Christmas break that are losing. normally not. No, 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 no. So hear me out. Oh, hear, hear me, me out. Hear me out. Ten people join a lobby. You're one of them. Yeah. yeah. So you've got four teammates, five, uh, five enemies, enemies. Foes. Yes. yes. Um, on average, people playing at Christmas are people that finally have time at Christmas and therefore are probably a little rusty. Sounds you like have a four rusty players uh-huh. on your team. The enemy has five rusty players on your team. You're going to win MMR. Dota's a team game. You need everyone to be on the same page to win the game. That's, That's why I don't play Dota on the weekend because these filthy casuals who can't play during the week ruin my ranked games on the weekend. <laughs> on the other hand... Oh, here we go. The, the players who are so obsessed with Dota that they would play obsessively yeah. during Christmas break, you could also get those in the mix with the rusty players. That's so true. You'd have like the super try-hard players, mm-hmm. and you don't know what That's you're a getting. Gamble. You're just yeah. you're gambling. Or yep. use the Christmas Never break, know. spirit of Christmas. Get some lads together, some friends. You know, let's play some five-man party queue, unranked to have some fun. Do some cavern crawling, unranked. Just enjoy it together. Enjoy it's a festive it together. spirit. Gift, you know. Some coal mount to someone, I don't know, just... Do something nice. Christmas, why not? Any final words for you, Owen? No, just, yeah, looking forward to, to getting a lot of games in. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I won't lie, it will feel a little empty, not having any DPC to watch over the break. But yeah. uh, understandable, of course, everybody's got to take a break, the players included. So, uh, yeah, I think, for, you know, a few days after this comes to an end, the break begins, I'll already be waiting for it to start again because I'll just be like, well, there's, there's nothing to watch. You know, I want to watch uh, I want to watch all these different regions, all this dope going on. So, yeah, I think the break's, uh, you know, whilst, yeah, nice, it's the holidays and all that, I, I'm going to be waiting until the break's over a little bit. You know, I want to get this back on the road, yeah. yeah. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong, Shiver. Yeah. China Division 1 starting during Christmas. Oh, uh, is it? After Christmas, That'd be nice. no? After. I can check. Don't worry. Yeah, do I have check. the information. But... You know what? Pick. How fast can you check? Uh, I'm already checking. On January the 3rd. January 3rd, all right. Okay. Same date so. as most other. Yeah, unfortunately. Like the same week yeah. as all the other DPCs starting. Okay. Well, um, from all of us here, we wish you happy holidays and that you're able to Why am I spend waving on a time with people that you <laughs> enjoyed spending time with and maybe playing some games if you want to and if time allows. And uh, we will see you for the next DPC TLDR. Bye-bye. I'm waving now. Bye. <laughs>
What's your style? Get your merch at shop.esogaming.com The DPC Western Europe Winter Tour Dream League Season 16 is brought to you by Intel DHL and Monster Energy Hello guys, I'm 11 I play position 3 for Team Brain this is my cat. I'm Boxy from Team Liquid and I play position 4. My name is maybe next time and I'm playing position 4 for Team Silax. This is Omar from Team Cool Guys. Alright. Hello guys, I'm Atzantek from Into the Bridge. I play mid. Hey, this is Aramis from Team Alliance. Hey guys, I'm Misha from Team OG. <laughs> Hello, I'm Blink. Hey guys, this is JH. I play position 4 for Team Nigma Galaxy. Hello everyone, I am Seppe from Chicken Fighters. Welcome everybody, it's time for Dream League Season 16. I'm so glad that you're here, I'm so glad that all of you could join me today. Because there's nowhere else that you'd rather be, there's no other Dota that you should be watching. You're supporting the only thing that matters, and that's the Dota Pro Circuit, Division 2 action, and I need support on this panel. I need the support of Purge and SVG. Please, join me, why don't you? Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you mine. for having me Thank here. You. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you guys could join me, and I want to commemorate the occasion. Please, can we... Get the introduction for Dream League Season 16. That's right, everybody. Dream League Season 16, the last few days before our Christmas break. And it's all powered by Intel. Welcome, everybody. And I, I, was, I was alluding to it, but I really want to make sure that you're here watching the only Dota that matters. Perch, confirm to me that there's no other more important Dota going on right yeah, now. Yeah, that's exactly right. See, uh, we're actually North American refugees right now. Correct. Uh, it's way earlier than we're normally awake, but we decided to come here for the best European Dota possible that is being played today, because if there was any Dota, we'd be there. But this is the second best, for sure, without a doubt. I checked all the schedules, I did all my research, and that's why we want to watch this awesome game. That's right, and we're here to support the Division 2. Today is going to be Ghost Frogs versus Team Bald Reborn. And, you know, on the topic of supports, Avery, I got a question. Sure. Were you always 
a support player in uh, throughout your Dota career? I know not even competitive or otherwise. Were you always the four or five, the warding, the dusting, the smoking, all that? Was that always you? I think I had a flash in the pan in offlane. There was there was a period where you know I, some people called me Ten Pasha. There was some the next level offlane okay. like meta that being design. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it was mainly myself calling me that. But okay, you know okay. it didn't catch on. But yeah, I've generally just played support. I think when you are a support main, you feel the urge to be re the responsible adult in the lobby. I'm with you. It's hard to shirk that responsibility. So. The, the, the call of the the last hit sound never appealed to you, though, because I feel like that's a siren song for many other players for as they are like, you know, I, I can I can see the appeal of supporting, you know, but at the end of the day, I want big red numbers. I want big yellow numbers yeah, to show up. I can I can agree with that. I mean, it's the you're like, oh, if I just have an item as a support, I can do so much more. So you're like, oh, there's just this empty creep wave here that nobody's contesting. I could take this for six minutes. What's the big deal, you know? But then your team dies a bunch, and you're like, well, I have items. What's up? Why, my KDA is good. Why is why is my team's bad? And it's because you weren't there most of the time. So uh, yeah, net so. worth is for bitches. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> oh my God. But that's the problem with the talent pool is that we're all very magnanimous people. We all try to cooperate. But we talked to a whole bunch of players about their favorite roles in Dota, as we'll take a look. Every position is valuable, but it depends on the time in the game. In the early game, it can be sports. Then it's mid, and late game, of course, it's uh, carry, carrying heroes. Personal roles are important in Dota, like every role. If one role in Dota, bad player, then you lose uh, game. It's, uh, usually work like this. If one player don't understand his role in the game. I think mid, mid role stands out after, out of all other roles. And I think like the virgin aspect of position 4 and 5, like it's underrated. The more I play Dota, the more I think about it. And it's like, if you take the words out of occasion, like, makes the game much, much more casual. For pops, it's probably mid. Because, you know, it's the hero that can get most levels early game, and you snowball the map, can do a lot, <clears throat> and scale to the late game as well. well all roles are important, very important. But most important is offlane. Okay, you agree with that in the current state of Dota, Avery? Is offlane the most important right now? Thousand percent. Really? I've said it for years and years. I think offlane is the most difficult role for any team to fill over a long-term consistent period. What, why is that? I think the role is the least understood in some sense, and it has the most variability. So you have these offlaners that historically can play super greedy. They're super farm heavy. They like to play semi-carries, scale, carry the game. You think back to even Admiral Bulldog days of this lone druid nature prophet type. I mean, the modern version is something like a Doom or even the Night Stalker offlane. It's a right-click semi-carry scale game. And then on the other side, you have the super aggressive playmaking style that people know Ice 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 for, or some of these other really, even like a collapse, just blink and skewer guy, blink and stun a guy, put your life on the line, be the playmaker, take over the map. And I think in between there, there's a huge amount of variability. We see players like 33, you know, non-human hero player playing all these summons heroes, his own weird play style, pulling waves, not laning normally. So if you're a team that's forming and you want to find an offlaner, 
it's all well, where do we go on that spectrum right and then how does that fit into our other two core players he has to mesh well in terms of the farm distribution how you're playing the map you have to get the spell team fight casting synchronization up so it's a very difficult role to fill and it's a difficult role for a lot of teams and captains i think to understand what they even want out of it let alone can you find a player to fulfill that for your other positions is, is it hard like as a captain to like know what your offlaner wants like how much is it like you decide what you think is best for the team but like because the, the role is so hard to understand like don't you just make the wrong choice sometimes yeah i've made the wrong choice like, a couple of times i think in even in my experience going back to when we kicked snaking after the ti um i think i personally didn't understand a lot of the value that he brought just because my own naivety or my inexperience or whatever he was a very unique shot caller aggressive type offlane player that set the map up very well for his other cores and i don't think we understood some of the value in that and we lost some of it we gained other stuff but they're very sometimes nebulous things that you don't realize what's working or what isn't until you lose or change it uh, so i think it can be really hard and i think you also run the risk of if you want your offlaner to do something specific and you think that is correct and you believe in it you can sometimes pigeonhole players into playing a certain style that might not suit their strengths right like you can you can take someone like a universe or a, a faith beyond and tell them to play a certain way but are they ne necessarily going to excel at that right do you want to tell your faith beyond and just play some super farm heavy greedy cores or game i mean probably not could he i mean he's a world-class player he probably could but is it going to be the same as him mixing it up every game and doing weird stuff and being sacrificial or greedy some games right it's uh it's a balance that's why i think that role is just it's a very difficult role to fill um and i think if you look at historical turnover from top teams i don't have stats to back it up maybe there's some statisticians out there that can help me but i would would not be surprised to see that offlaner role be one of the higher like turnover in terms of when teams are trying to fill that last slot that's the role that get cycled through let's try this guy next year let's try this guy etc well i guess that's what people are trying to benchmark here in division two we're trying to figure out what are these players that we can bring up to the big leagues division one action but first they got to make it to the top two spots here after the break we're going to be bringing you two of these teams it's going to be team bald reborn and ghost frogs dream league season 16 powered by incel we'll be right back
moderators be damned. I say you start spamming your favorite sub emotes right now, because you're supporting your favorite players. It's Div 2 action. Ghost Frogs versus Team Bald Reborn. And I want to reiterate, I'm very happy that you're here. I'm very happy that you're not watching any other Dota, because there is, in theory, other Dota that you could be watching, but you're not, and you shouldn't, because this is the place to be. Yeah, totally. I completely agree with that statement. We're not lying to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would, be a great I would, match. Yeah, I would be watching this right now if I had no choice also. No, this matchup is actually really hyped, though, because it they is. are in, like, the exact same situation. They've The only games they've won is against the same team. They've mm -hmm. won no other games. So this is going to be like the beginning of the rock paper scissors. It's it's forming right now. Which what what will you be at the end of this? It's the middle of the pack rock paper scissors though, because uh, we have they both got their win versus no bounty hunter. Yeah. And Ghost Frogs got their wins versus entity or losses versus entity and chicken fighters. Mm. And Team Bald Reborn has lost against Brame and Entity. And so it seems like Brame, Entity, and Chicken Fighters are the top three of this Div Two so far. And then now we need to figure out between like the chill axes, the team balds, no bounty hunters probably out of the running, but this is where the rock, paper, scissors starts beginning. And we can start with uh, ghost frogs. And I'm curious to see, I, I, we, we saw their previous players. So we got to see Milan in North America, the pedigree, the, uh, where they graduated from has gone quite well, but how's the team doing so far in Div 2? Avery, are they matching your expectations right now, or not so much? Uh, I don't know if they're matching their own expectations to a degree. Mm -hmm. I think your Div 2 goal is to get into those top two. Right. The rest of it is kind of whatever. Like, there's some prize distribution there that does count for a decent amount. Third is, like, a decent amount more money. But in reality, you're playing in this division to get into that up third division. If you're not in that race, which at the moment seems like it's a little out of reach for them, not completely. Obviously, a lot can happen, but... We're talking about those three at the top. They're trying to get there, but I don't think they've gotten there yet. So it's probably looking like another season where you sit down, look at what didn't work, what can we improve, and try and get to that next level. Are any of the players standing out to you? Because again, the other thing that I look at is maybe you're able to show up on the radar of teams now that there are three seasons. In theory, there's more shuffling in between the seasons that maybe you do see an offlaner that you're like, wow, this is a high priority pickup that maybe fits the dynamic of my team in Div 1. Is there anything like that on Ghost Frogs or not quite yet? I mean, it's hard to stand out sometimes if your team has mediocre performances. Um, just because if you're losing more games than not, like how it's difficult to stand out, right? Um, so. I think it's not a terrible place for their team to be as long as they can stay in Div 2 and keep uh, getting match experience under their belts, then that's what they need to do. They get a little bit of prize money, they can develop some players, do some roster swaps, as long as they like retain the DPC slot basically, you know, that's like a decent place to be. Some prize money, more practice, do some player swaps if things don't work, and keep getting better. And then use that to hopefully uh, get all your players poached and never be truly successful uh, is the real goal of these uh, Div 2 teams. Well, you want to talk about success, let's talk about Team Bald Reborn. Perhaps the alternate idea of what Div 2 action is, they're getting competitive experience, but they, uh, quite a few of them have uh, successful careers outside of it, found a great deal of prominence in the Dota scene beyond just competitive Dota. And I, I don't know, is it dismissive to say that this is kind of like an Arkosh type thing? Avery? You know, I was, I was thinking the same thing, but yeah. You <laughs> oh, you were, you were instant to jump on that cold <laughs> train. Arkosh. And on that streamer bandwagon. Yeah, there's, the Twitch TV basically pays this team to live. So, I mean, go yeah, ahead. I don't think there's anything wrong with that to a degree. I mean, I think to some degree, these leagues, 
especially Division Two, you're kind of thrown to the wolves. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little too. It's not reasonable to expect huge sponsorships for Div Two Dota teams at the yeah. moment, well, when there's especially some Div One teams, you know, cough cough, that don't have any. So supplementing that income or building your individual brand i think it's something a lot of people don't consider but it goes a super long way like if you're in div 2 i would say building your individual brand or building your team brand and doing that through the stream side connecting with the community it goes a super long way in building your stock as a player building your attractiveness to future sponsors if you do get into that div one i mean i've had those talks with people where what is the social value you're bringing as a team or a roster if you have those individual storylines the individual fan support the fan bundle support yeah. you know you throw it all in there step-by-step step accounts for a decent amount your games become more attractive maybe you gain some confidence from that too your your fans aren't as toxic or you know you have a, a community to fall back on you know oh. that's a rare thing in dota but it, it could it could have an effect and we can see what these players think about each other because we got a chance to speak to each of them let's like take a look hey guys i'm radrix i play position three for team bond hello i'm jeff four I'm playing position 5 for Ghost Rocks. Also brought in Nicholas as well. Mastermind, he's going to come and drops the ult immediately. No messing around there as we take BNC out of the lane. A turn for Nicolitsa as well. Dagger slow, drag back from Yulnit. Flash providing some help here with the heals, but it's not enough. Shimra in with the counter play. Commits with the Dream Coil. Has he got enough damage to take them oh, down? The stun comes out. Yulnit will fall, but he's set up for a triple kill. Our goal is to, to get better, like to, to grow together to get to know each other better and uh, like try to connect as a team and to like just get better every day. That's our main goal for uh, this tournament. Come to Excalibur, stun, in onto the Elder Titan, Elder Titan goes down, buyback's available from Ice, Sonic Wave to the side, burst through 11, they brought down the Viper, they've got the Yule set up onto Wish, they're seeing if they can catch this Tinker, Pablo's in on top of him as well, Gorg, in with the BKB, but the Bloodstone is healing up Wish, Gorg, can he finish off the Tinker? He can, double kill for Gorg! I think uh, we are pretty similar uh, level-wise. I think we have a little bit of advantage, probably. Uh, should be a good game, should be equal games. Better than the games before. Like, uh, games before were a bit um, disadvantageous, let's say. I heard they don't practice much and it's quite surprising for me. Because uh, they're doing pretty decent as a team and uh, big props for them for that. I'm more focused on our part of things. The goal is uh, to play well, and then if we play well, we're gonna win, hopefully 2-0. We, we're gonna try to win our early game and just snowball from there. Mutual respect being shown on both sides, but this is a field of combat. I don't want to see friendship. I want to see raw hatred after the end of this. No, just kidding. We're all friends in the end of the day. It's European Div 2 action, and I want to see how these two teams match up. It's Ghost Frogs versus Team Bald Reborn after the break.
I did not see enough spam. I crave more spam, more emotes. It's Ghost Frogs versus Team Bald Reborn. They need your power. Both these teams are one and two right now. And that one is against no bounty hunter. And they don't even show up to half their games. Just kidding. It was a conflict. They are definitely taking everything very seriously. You know, they have a professional footballer on their mm. team. They can't make all the games. And, but they're, they're staying competitive. And both these teams are staying competitive as well. I am looking forward to how Rajix plays. Because I saw that he had a stand-in for at least one of his series. Uh, so that's a little bit unfortunate. But now he's here in full form, right? Yes, yes he is. We've got the whole gang. The whole bald gang is there. And they've got a draft. The man, the myth, the legend. One and only. He's back. Rajix. Odie and Beastmaster Invoker Queen of Pain banned out. Spearbreaker IO Razor banned out by Ghost Frogs. Pick up the Snapfire first, response with Weaver Monkey King, and then a Storm Spirit first phase. Could, legit, Vault. could legit be a TI draft outside of like the OD band. That's what I'm saying. And the Spearbreaker band, who is unpicked on band, I believe. I do think that we see this Razor prioritized more highly in the upper division. Uh, maybe it's just a team priority thing, but I feel like every series I see. For example, Team Sphere play, every series I see OG play, Zero is either taken or banned. First phase. Yeah, it's like similar to Bane. So I think some of these heroes, maybe slightly different prioritization, which I think is also good. I don't think those heroes are just some first pick no matter what. I think it's very team specific. But it's interesting to see this monkey hero come back a little bit. I think this hero is still pretty powerful in the draft just from a use him as a tool perspective. Get some lane flexibility advantage. Zero still prohibits a lot of melee on melee matchups, and he's a decent carry in my opinion. So. As long as you're confident playing this hero on those multiple roles, I think he's still pretty useful in these openers. What do you think is up with the first phase Storm Spirit? It may be a bit of a denial pick also because Mastermind was playing quite a bit of it on Ghost Frogs, and so maybe they just want to take it out of his hands. But I have not seen Excalibur. Yeah, in fact, this is the first time that Bald have played Storm Spirit throughout their Div 2 run. I think he is very confident on the hero. Um, I think it's just a. Again, nice prohibitive lane answer to Monkey if they want to have that option in the middle lane. Mm -hmm. And it's also a hero that you see Monkey Weaver, you want to be able to catch these heroes on the side lanes. You don't want to get too heavily pressured in terms of the map feels unplayable and you can't catch anything. Storm, one of the best catch heroes in the game, one of the best backline jumpers, can get a fast Orchid. It's basically an insta-kill on all these heroes that they're showing so far. Just a nice way to open up your play options in the game very early as long as you're confident playing these Storm matchups that might come out later. Yeah, the idea of like playing support Weaver against an Orchid Storm at a reasonable time, it's like it's not difficult to get punished there. Yeah, you're like, just way too squishy. Orchid plus like Storm alone is probably dead, but plus one you're easy, easy kill. So, I mean, also Weaver, one of the ways you can abuse this hero as a support is he, he's one of these supports that doesn't have a stun. So when you think of a lot of these mobility heroes that can abuse these support duos that don't have direct lockdown, Storm is one of the better ones. I mean, That's going true. back over all the years, we used to talk, oh, what's a perfect Storm game? I mean, it's no stuns, right? There's none of these Dragon Knights or Nyx Assassins or whatever you think. You take up a Weaver and a Monkey first, too. If you're flexing this Monkey and he ends up being your support duo, Storm doesn't have a lot to fear in this game. So it's one of the nice ways you can kind of abuse this Weaver hero, which is another hero we've seen. It's like first phase every game, right, at this point. Yeah. You should expect to play against this hero if you're not taking it. So it's a nice way to gain a little advantage there and kind of nullify. Decent armor, but I don't know, seems fine here. Nothing that special. They haven't really revealed that much in their drafts, really. It's like pretty all-rounded well. It's four heroes, per. <laughs> they have not revealed anything worthwhile. That's though. true. There are four four uh, 
mystical creatures since the battlefield. But the only thing is that I don't know where Ghost Frogs are going to play this Monkey King because if they have the flex potential to make it a four, then do you get like Jingu as a four Monkey King to bully a Wraith King? Typically not. Most like there was some that TI it was common for mm -hmm. a lot of Monkey Kings to get it with like an Orb of Venom, but lately they're they're going almost all nukes. I mean, I still like this Jingu point. I think. You got know. Yeah, I see these builds that skip it entirely, and I feel like it's just a very valid. It's a very strong value point. Hmm. If makes you're your, against a melee. Yeah, it makes your balance strike better. Yeah. So sure. it makes your leap better because you leap on someone, you're getting the stacks. It's a bit more intimidating. Mm -hmm. It is a decent amount of damage and life steal early on in the game. I feel like it's not that bad of a value point to take in a lot of situations. Um, especially something like this, if they end up running Monkey Dark Seer lane, that's one way to stay on top of somebody, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Weaver 5, and if their last pick is a carry. Because, uh, yeah, Ghost Frogs have not picked Monkey King at all throughout Div 2 yet, so definitely a lot of flexibility there if they choose to leverage it. I mean, I really like this Darkseer pick. I think anytime you can pick Darkseer and you feel like he has a freeish game in terms of there's no super hard Darkseer counters or ways to deal with the spells in the team fight, I think this hero just takes over the game. It's way too powerful a hero to just leave in an open-ended draft like this where, I mean, what's the hardest counter to him right now? I guess Storm Orchid? Maybe Wraith King can somehow dumpster him on the lane, but it's not that easy. Like, this Wraith King Darkseer matchup is not that amazing for Wraith King. I think if you're a good Darkseer player and a good team with the hero, you know how to lane with it. You know, like, the little pull shenanigans, play around your timings, don't get abused too hard and just man-fighting this guy. You should do completely fine. And then I think the team fights just look relatively amazing for you because yeah. these, uh, these team vaults supports kind of have to commit in the fight. Uh, they have to going with their Storm or going with their Wraith King, and you should be able to counter-initiate quite well. Also, you can just shell this Ember in. Shell any hero, really. Like yeah. Monkey Core, Ember Core, even like Weaver Core is going to be oh, great yeah. with it too. Just he ever gets to the Ags, the extra HP in this game is also really nice because Team Ball's damage is kind of discreet in a sense of they have some nice nukes to throw, but after they throw those nukes, there's not a huge amount of consistent scaling damage coming out until Wraith King has a lot of items. So that's where you get some nice Darkseer Ags timing. Just puts you over the threshold. No one can be bursted. That's when those fights are just, they're just too easy, right? It's uh, just go in, let them throw all their spells on you. You don't care. Even if it's like monkey core as well, vacuum's gonna work a lot better with that. Cause boundless, it's, it's hard to get value from Wukong uh, monkey's ulti a lot of times. So keeping people inside that ulti a little bit longer can be really effective, especially the slightly mobility limited Hoodwing Snapfire Wraith King. Um, could make it a lot easier to kill them multiple times. I think Team Bald should look for something to help address the team fight situation. Um, there is still Mars available. Although, again, this is a it's a very anti-melee lineup from Ghost Frogs, and most of the team fight offlaners I would mean, be melee. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Doom. Underlord is another route to do it. Uh, this hero can perform decently versus Darkseer Linus in the sense that it gives you some crowd control and he can come online pretty early. Uh, but I do think, in terms of the scalability, I think this Darkseer pick is, it's looking spooky. Mm -hmm. If it gets out of control and he gets to his timing, I don't think there's a lot to stop him, but it's a complicated game. So obviously a lot comes down to the playability on the lanes and who gets their timing first. You're also now putting a wall atrophy aura illusion on the table, which I don't think Wraith King wants to have to deal with very much. That's true, but you're also reducing the illusion damage from your opponents. You know what I mean? It's like the wall replica. How does that? Is it is it as effective? Because uh, I don't know if the the 
damage on illusions is calculated after reductions, or it, their damage is based on it should be based on their their primary damage number, the white number. Right. So Atriora reduces that. So um, so he should still be decently effective at crowd control. Ooh, Plus Firestorm is great at clearing illusions too with the percentage damage. So I was about to say I would love this East Fen right here. I think what, this hero. Here. He chunks Underlord, he man fights Wraith King, he's gonna hit his timing faster. I don't see a lot of easy ways for Bald to invade his jungle, Friends, contest the Ancients Friends, that easily into Monkey Weaver, who are extremely good at skirmishing early and controlling the map. And then you get this classic Darkseer Sven combo, something that goes back to, you think of Fear Dota playing Sven on the old EG oh, way yes. back in the day. I do remember that. There's a reason that the Knight always remains in the meta. You get that back, you get that stun. You start getting That's true. Leave, That's you know, highlight real stuff. It's, yes, it's just a moment of beauty when that hits. Unless Nothing hit more satisfying. Let's use stun the board. But how about the <laughs> how about the lane though? Because I feel so often that these strength heroes against Firestorm from Underlord are like, bro, I don't want to have to deal with this. Oh, who cares, lane? Just go jungle. Go jungle. Have your team two. stack for you. You know your monkey doesn't need levels. Just stack the triangle. You'll do okay on lane. Underlord is not some crazy pressure hero. This isn't the old atrophy aura of. Oh, I have a, a sacred relic at level three, off of you know one kill. Yeah, and it's it's also making the Snapfire dual lane weaker, right? They open Snapfire now, it's Snapfire Underlord, which is okay, but it's not like the biggest kill heavy. It's like if you pit him, if you get early pit of malice, follow that up with a stun, another pit of malice, maybe it works out, but that's like early skill points you don't want to commit. So, yeah, it's not going to be as strong in lane as uh, typical Snapfire dual lane. That was terrible analysis. I'm going to leave, but I'll bring someone to help you. It's Moxie with the play by play. Oh, thank you. Man, I was going to give him a present, too. I, all right, well. I would love I, a bowl of fruit. This for you, one for you, and I guess you get the bonus one since uh, he there, just dipped on you guys. There is an apple, yes. Enjoy you, your fruit. I got you something. Mostly. Thank you. I'm allergic to these. Wonderful. Oh, that's right. Don't eat it up right now. <laughs> no, no. No, no. We need a medic. <laughs> Pretty soon we will. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we've got uh, game number one. Does have a little bit of a pause oh, right off the, the bat. This is illegal in right now, I believe. I believe you're not allowed to pause the game. Right base, base, please, please, base, please. <laughs> yeah, call them up. We get an official ruling on this. Has anyone found their phone number yet? Actually, I, they. I get base a lot. Of, I get a lot of calls from them, but they never take my calls back. I'm. That's clearly because you're not base enough to be able to call. It's probably that's actually that, completely uh, true. Oh, they kick down your door and raid your house yet? <laughs> They talk to me when they want to talk to me, not the other way around. But, but yeah, breaking the rules. They're pausing after the game loaded. It's legal in pub games now. It's fine. They heard us. They started the game. Everything's good. Okay, good. Everything's good. It's actually amazing. These European games, there's no spamming of ring ring. <laughs> no no XDs to two. I guess XD's pretty popular. Can I ask you to do XD spirit. at all the appropriate times? No, SVG. unfortunately, I'm not no longer affiliated with that team, so I'll no longer represent their uh, in-game branding. But understandable, yeah. They got sure you. Purge will represent his Arkosh brethren. Uh, my brethren. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? I'm not affiliated with anyone that uh, is in a cult. Okay. It's, uh, not, not a cult. Not my thing. Not no. a cult. Speaking of cults, Gork with the triple gauntlet build. That it does seem to be a very popular thing. And is it yeah. logic or is it just trends? I mean, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of base damage for the lane, right? That's how I see it. If you can get value out of Outlast hitting your opponent early and slightly more HP, maybe it helps you win some early kill trade, some early regen trade. More deny. It can pay off, but you have to be careful. You don't get stuck in some bad regen loop, right? Because the downside is you're starting with zero regen items. So if you get burned early, the earlier you get burned in that department, the worse the later trades on the lane become, and you get stuck in these loops. And but if you get at least two bounty runes, you got a tango coming, right? And then your support yeah. gives you basically the first one. But I think people should abuse this. I think when you see these builds, go and kill that courier. 
What happens really when that good. when the courier dies, right? Now you're on lane with zero regen for like three minutes. You need your, well, your you're support. Well, just demand that your support feeds you regen. That's which which he will, right? Like happening. the support's also going to bring himself regen too. So like, and kill his courier. Kill them all, Purge. Why, why don't you just kill all You're the couriers? You're just so bloodthirsty yeah. today, my goodness. If all the couriers are dead, he gets like no region. That's absolutely right. Bring back the bounty hunter planting wards in the base. Yeah. Sniping all the couriers. It's just, it's too hard with five couriers. You can't get them all. It's hard to fill out your Pokédex, you know? Oh, I'm sorry, that's captured, not killed. <laughs> Always get that one. What kind of Pokémon have you been playing? That is, uh... Some of those Pokémon definitely die. They just sleep under the rug. I think none Oof. of those Pokémon die. Come on. That's they, why they have the Poke Center. It's a fresh eat. brand new one every time you go Pokemon in. Pokemon literally eat each other, I assume. Like, they got to eat something. Pablo? Ooh, no, he's got some He's got some stick charges, and he's got the fairy fire. That Pokemon was eating Geminate. Geminate. Geminate attacks. What? what? Hoodwink looks like a Pokemon. That was the joke. Oh, okay. No no agreement? Okay. I don't think it's yeah, that I'm giving you know. no help on that one. <laughs> Little too human-like. What does he yeah. evolve? What does he evolve in you if he's a Pokemon? <laughs> Really spooky squirrel. Spooky squirrel. I don't, I don't know about that, dude. Nice couple stuns, though, here in the bottom lane. Wow. Mati's taking a lot of damage. Where were the bot? Oh, you got him. There it is. I was about to say, where were the body box? Why? See, this is why you don't buy regen. Oh, you just get. The, you're just gonna kill him from full. You just do a lot of damage. One so. skelly, a stun. He, I mean, he dodged the stun damage. I mean, I'm kind of interested how that equilibrium ended like that because it immediately pushed out for them, which is unusual for a dark tier lane. Like either you're gonna keep shoving it in, or you're gonna shove it in, pull the next wave, reset. But they, it kind of got shoved in super early, and this one-minute wave double-waved out into them. Yeah. Radiant got level two first. Mm -hmm. And then they used that to get yeah, the Yeah, it's, it's almost like uh, backwards. Usually you want to play either for the level advantage on the Darkseer, or you pull the wave to neutralize the advantage until you get to level three or four. And that's when your double eye on shell timing can come online, then you're the one going for the kill. And isn't there an argument as well to push it in because he didn't have regen anyways, so like he'd be taking creep damage under tower? Or is yeah. it not as big of a deal? That's what I'm saying. You shove it in, you can also play that deny courier game a lot easier. Oh, Pablo in the top lane here has us bugs on him. They're trying to give him a bit more space, but it's going to be a kill for Olnit. All right, but Weaver did throw a Pokemon onto the Hoodwink. You can agree with me yeah, there, bottom right? Bottom lane. Oh, you mean like a Master Ball? That little bug looked like a Pokemon for sure. No, it doesn't. That, that the one. bugs don't look like Pokeballs or Pokemon. I guess a little bit like a Pokemon, That's but not a Pokeball. Right. Yeah, I didn't say Pokeball. That was oh, okay. All right. misunderstanding my mumbling. Completely your fault. <laughs> he still doesn't have regen. He's just slapping with the... He's got his lifesteal, I guess. I mean, it's an Underlord, right? The lane is not that spooky. Yeah, there's not a lot of early harass, I guess. I mean, you say that. We've got three kills on the board before three minutes. I mean, these are some nice all-in lanes. I, I would say Snapfire and Weaver, some of the strengths of these heroes, is their level 2 timing is insanely strong if you have a core that can compound with it. So, yeah. I mean, Sven Weaver, this lane's no joke. He took the bug timing level 2, we saw it pay off. It's just really hard to deal with this bug early on in the lanes. Most heroes do not have enough attack speed. Here's this uh -oh. shell dive we were talking Diving about. right underneath that tower, easy peasy. And with that ion shell, the double ion shell, they're going to continue to put some pressure over onto Gork, but own me. Gonna just focus up on the creep wave and the Gamadi jumping up onto the trees. So this is where he got to his helm. And it's a question of, again, if some little things had went better for them earlier on in this lane, they got this dive a little sooner, the Wraith King goes down. Maybe that's where the itemization get delayed. But now he, he's pretty chilling, I think. God, these bugs are so annoying. Look at Pablo. He's trying to just break free of it. He can't do it fast enough. Hoodwink yeah. does have a weak BAT, actually. That could be like one. One thing that you'd say to her when she's weak at in the lane. I mean, she's got to reload the crossbow every hit. Exactly. <laughs> so it's thematic. 
Ragix too is just going to get clicked down here in this top lane. J4 taking a lot of harass from the creeps, but does have a salve. So it's going to be fine. It's like the, the conversation we were having earlier about, you know, the uh, pre or just the revolutionary era guns, right? <laughs> Talked yeah. about a lot of things last hour, yeah. I feel like Got Owen just kept baiting us into more and more topics. <laughs> He's like, what's the Revolutionary War? And we're like, uh, what? <laughs> Who won that? Did we win that? <laughs> just Owen, please. No. We <laughs> slapped you, dude. We had to tell him, told him the truth. No bias there. Absolutely no propaganda. Yes, unfortunately, Owen had to learn who won the Revolutionary War today. Yeah. <laughs> it was a stark reality for him to wake up to. Next up, we're going to tell him the plot of Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. He doesn't know. Don't that. spoil it for him. He needs to watch all of I the don't. hours of that. He does, yeah. It's a journey. Bottom lane, Gork will get the kill on Nukamati, but it's going to be a dead Gork immediately after. Nice and now. Chased down by Own Me. It's not looking good for the Snapfire. So it's a double kill here for Own Me. Get that suicide. And he's going to suicide. There we go. Oh, those powerful punches. There's nothing better than Darks here when Punch. you get double solo XP into the full resource renewal deny suicide to the tower. That's the life right there. Sounds like uh, a, a former offlane player speaking right there, dude. Ten, the 10 Pasha days? Yeah, the 10 Pasha, <laughs> ten Pasha <laughs> offlane days. Yeah, whatever happened to him? No, that's 9 Pasha. <laughs> He's 10 Pasha. I know, that's the joke. Oh, okay. That's the joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad. I understand now. My <laughs> error. It's, it, you know, it's interesting because we're having just so much skirmishing back and forth. Both of these teams came to fight today. They got that, uh, that bloodthirsty attitude. Giving us a show. Boundless connecting over on Gork here. There's just uh, too much damage. So that'll be a dead Wraith King. And they're even throwing out the tips now. They're getting sassy. That value point Jingu mastery. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Mm, nice save here from Pablo. Buying a little bit more time. But Mastermind, of course, he's got a haste rune. And he's going to be able to get a kill. Pablo. Bottom lane, again, they're just jumping on the snapfire. These ion shells just hurt way too much. Yeah, you can't stay down here alone. They either need to come, both of them, to the lane with full resources, play together, play defensively against these dives, or double shell, you just run around the tower, don't even have to draw aggro. You're going to get melted. Do you think this is one of those circumstances where if you don't scrim that often as a team that you have coordination coordination issues? Yeah, I think so for sure. Uh, like these side, lane, these side lane dynamics take a time to build up. They're not as straightforward as you just go in a game, you play against something you've never seen before, and you're both going to be on the same page. And if you mess up some of these little things versus even a team that maybe they're not some super masterful team at every sort of lane combination, but they're playing something they're comfortable and confident with, which could be the case here in terms of a dark seer lane dynamic, you might just get rolled. They're going to teleport people down, but it's going to be too late. It's going to be the reincarnation coming off the zip forward, though, from Excalibur, hoping to try to punish them. Kill on owned me. That doesn't feel too bad for Gork, but I know it's going to feel bad in the next, like, three minutes when he doesn't have his ulti and he dies again. I mean, I don't even think it was that good for Radiant. I, I think this move really hurts Excalibur a lot. The fact that he has to bail out his Wraith King, and his Wraith King lost his ult anyway. Oh, yeah. this feels so bad here if Excalibur dies, and it's looking like he's gonna. Wow. I mean, now this definitely. move... Yeah, now it really didn't not bail. good. That's a level four, level six Monkey King here at seven minutes. What a huge kill. Really nicely done. And I, I love when Purge gets excited about these things. What a huge kill. Adequate well kill. <laughs> that was an acceptable kill in your mind? Yeah. No, that was great. Really good. <laughs> Snipes him, dude. Catches the mid storm after the counter rotation. They just get everything they want. 
and now they can punish the Wraith King again if they want to. Corks is staying in the lane for quite a while here. Big arcane rune for Ember too. This this Wraith King really needs to think about uh, if he needs his team to back him up here. But again, they don't have Storm TP for a while either. So no Wraith King, no Storm TP. Point of pressure. You can either create a bottom here with the, the Ion Shell Dives. Super high level Monkey King, as we said. Or you can play it around this Ember with this Arcane Rune. Who's probably having a pretty free game. He's highest net worth, probably close to highest level. So he's doing perfectly fine too. Sven's off to the jungle. Ooh, that feels good right now. You are Let's... Sven, you have all the breathing room in the world. Arm up and uh, J4 trying to just get some of this XP. We'll get bushwhacked, but just a little bit of harass. And because this Weaver had such a good lane too, he's pretty high level as well. And he can sit up here and defend this forever because Wraith King Hoodwink are not killing him or kicking him out that easily. It's the second wall. I think got to stay here in this mid lane. He's got to farm up. He's falling behind otherwise. It's just really expensive for Storm to go down there. I mean, we saw it once. It takes, it took all his mana. And then mm -hmm. if you're down here, you get a kill. You use all your resources. If you TP, you have to walk back to Fountain to heal. Then you have to walk out of Fountain to a lane. It's not really that good of a net worth lead for him. It helps the Wraith King a little. But then what happens afterwards, right? Can, does it help Wraith King stay in this area? Does it help him stay in the lane? Not really. Mm -hmm. So it's not really progressing the game for them. It's just kind of stalling the bleeding. Uh, and this is, in my opinion, just, it is a draft consideration of, do they have heroes that can re alleviate the early pressure from this Darks here? And they don't really. So Underlord can go down here with an early hood. He's pretty tanky, can be hard to dive. But I don't think you want to overreact to this situation. Mm -hmm. You want to keep farming up, try and hit your timing, and then find a way to apply pressure on your own. Use this Storm to kill the Weaver top. Make some play on this Ember mid if you think there's potential, but honestly, he's probably immortal for the early game. So... You kind of just have to get your, your support ults here, chill out a bit, try and stall the bleeding. But Ghost Frogs, they had a pretty good early game. They're starting to accelerate. They don't need these towers to go down that early. Like this Darks here, he can just get super farmed. Sven's super happy just farming his side of the map. Like we said, this Weaver isn't getting kicked out. They're getting a pretty big net worth lead, even though it kind of seems like nothing's happening. I think the status quo really favors them at the moment. I think every time that they make these stacks, rolling it to go and attack as well definitely helps out. Mastermind, it's just he's so elusive. They don't really have very good lockdown at this time. So he's allowed to just do whatever he likes. I mean, Wraith King ult is back up. So maybe you can use this early armlet Wraith King in combination with Storm to make a play on one of these side lanes. Um, and they do have the two support sixes. So that's a huge increase in damage. You want to use the snap ult, you want to use this hoodwink ult, make something happen because again, the rate this game is going is not really favoring right, you right now. Yeah, they're skating slightly behind. Um, in terms of like Wraith builds, it uh, seems like the common one to do right now is like an Armlet Desso, but uh, could there be an argument made where he gets a faster blink this game just so he can rotate to the side fights a little easier? I think it's just going to be too little too late. I also think the once the mid-game fights come around, he just needs to be able to output as much damage on a follow-up as he can. And blinking into these heroes is pretty scary, in my opinion. Because mm. you're kind of auto-clumping the fight. When you blink in and go on someone, your team has to come in with you. And you're giving this Darkseer Ember and Sven full vision, right? Yeah, so and then your team of, like, has to overextend just yes. to get there in time, basically. So basically, like, who are you jumping? It's pretty much you, you're going to see this Ember. He's the target you're going to be able to jump. Can you burst him off that jump? If they're confident that can happen, then it can pay off. But in theory, it should come from this Storm in the Orchid, right? So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens.